When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And before we get to our terrific guest, one of those guests where uh, I'm only worried that we won't get through everything, so I'm going to rush my announcement. Uh, We do have a podcast for all of you on the new law, the new retirement tax law called SECURE. It uh, passed the House on May 23rd. It's going to the Senate. And all you have to do is go to our radio show website, generationboldradio.com, generationboldradio.com. Give us your email, and we will send you a free copy of that podcast, because if you are pre-retirement, post-retirement, or within 10 years of retirement at all, you're going to need to know what's going on with this law. If you knew about it when you were very young, you could be a millionaire, multimillionaire by the time you actually retire, so maybe you want to even send it to your kids. Uh, and that is generationboldradio.com, brand new law, and I will be explaining that to you. Meanwhile, we have a very inspirational guest today. If you're not going to be inspired by today's show, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say at the end of every show, get out there, kids, and make it happen. Because anyone who can't be inspired like this is not going to make anything happen. Phil Sutherland has made so much happen. Uh, He's going to talk to us today about a special day coming up, the United Nations World Bicycle Day. And uh, he's very involved with it because his team, his team, uh, Novo Nordisk, is an all-type 1 diabetes team. But they are pros, and they are planning to win. Uh, President and founder of Team Type 1 Foundation. It's an Atlanta-based nonprofit organization. It brings hope, inspiration, and change and impacts diabetes. And, um, of course, he's also the co-founder of the, of the bicycle team that's going to be participating in the U.N. Day. Uh, and we are very, very proud to have him on our show today. So we talk about diabetes all the time, but we're going to be looking at this from a completely different and very inspirational point of view. Hi, Phil. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Adrian. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, let's jump in. The reason we, we did this at this time was that uh, we have the United Nations World Bicycle Day on the 3rd uh, coming right up. So just tell us a little bit about that day in general, and then we'll talk about how your team is participating. Yeah, well, it's actually, uh, you know, it's it's really cool. I'm super excited and honored uh, to get a chance to return to the U.N. for now the second World Bicycle Day uh, on June 3rd. And last year we were able to to work with the United Nations and kick off the World Bicycle Day as a means to uh, inspire people to ride bikes. It's a great way for to live a happy life, uh, but more importantly, a, a very fun way to live, live a healthy life. And you know, I'm I'm alive because of the bike. Uh, our team has been able to inspire so many people around the world because of the bike. And on Monday, uh, 1:30, we'll be presenting to the United Nations. Uh, working with you know, countries from around the world to try and get more people on bikes. Uh, so it'll be a nice call to action with the UN to try and ensure everyone in the world has access to bicycles, uh, that everyone in the world has access to diabetes supplies uh, for those who are affected by the disease so that we can you know, keep people healthy, uh, keep people ha- happy. And, you know, there's just the world's a better place when you ride a bike. And you know, what an honor to get to be at the United Nations uh, at one of the, 
most powerful places in the world and work with you know that group to you know, get more people exercising you know the billion dollar drug that rarely gets prescribed well, you know, you're the right man for the job because you're the president and founder of Team uh, Type 1 Foundation. And uh, you have you are an ambassador. Now, when we see these these words like thought leader, you know, uh, and influencer and world ambassador, these are new things. But what, what it means to me, and, and I'd like you to fill in the blanks for us, is that you're an activist, that you're there to make change. You're an agent of change, and you want to make change in this field of type 1 diabetes, but not everybody listening, even people who are listening with type 2 diabetes, and there are millions of them, don't know necessarily what type 1 is. Can you explain that to us and why it is such a miracle almost that you've got a bicycle team? Yeah, sure thing. Great question. And yeah, I, I, like we are, our team, Team Novo Nordis is an all type 1 diabetic team, a professional cycling team that races you know, with a mission to inspire, educate, and empower but really, we it's not just the type ones we're racing for. We are racing for all 440 million plus people, you know, who live with this disease on a daily basis. And I, I think the bike uh, can be a platform to unify all all with diabetes and get us all healthy and get us all active, because uh, we're a stronger voice when we're together. You know, not this type one versus type two, which is you know very very prominent these days. So type type one uh, is an autoimmune disease and yeah, I guess to in terms that I understand, and to try and simplify it, you, know, you either it's a recessive gene, and there's some trigger that they still don't know what what that trigger is, but it causes your body to attack its beta cells and the pancreas, the insulin-producing cells, and you know, then you you stop producing insulin and you have diabetes. And you know, some you know, I was diagnosed when I was seven months old. You know, I think it was a sickness that caused it. You know, it's some sort of attack on the immune system that will then you know, trigger the, the onset of type one. Uh, so once you're diagnosed, you, know, you have, you have to get insulin or you'll die. And, you know, and then there's, it's a, you know, everything you do affects your blood sugar. You know, when you go out and go on a walk, it affects your glucose. If you have a stressful, tense situation at work or at school, you know, it affects your glucose. What you eat affects your glucose. Uh, so it's just, it, it's this, it used to be a burden and it used to be a death sentence, but now with the improvements in you know, treatments and the insulins out there, the amazing improvements in technology, you know, I think we have the means to be healthier than you know, our twin selves without diabetes uh, because we get to so see let, let's the talk impact about of that. Uh, yeah. uh, of, of all this, of the new technology, the the awareness. I think that here, where what comes through from your work, to me, is the importance of awareness. We may have all the tools. You are living proof of that. And everybody on your team is living proof of that. But I think there is an unawareness of what's available out there. And one of the most inspiring things was your diagnosis as a little boy, that you were told you wouldn't live past 25 and that you would go blind, and you didn't. And you are here as, as a world leader in this. Now, you must do things personally on a daily, maybe even on an hourly basis that keeps you healthy. Bicycling is one of them. What else is, is making the difference for you so that people can monitor themselves or be aware for a friend or family member and even the medical professional listening? We have a lot of medical professionals listening here. 
Uh, I don't. Not so sure they know. What do you do to make you this positive deviant? I like to call it the positive deviant in the field of type one diabetes. I like that. Um, well, you know, for for me, it's, it's you know, they told my mom you know, I'd be dead or blind by 25, and you know, when I was diagnosed at seven months of age, you know, there wasn't blood glucose monitoring. There was only human insulin, uh, and you know, for those who are listening. You know, using human insulin, it's it is sustainable. It can keep you alive, but it would be like running a Fortune 500 company on, uh, you know, fax machines and pay phones. Uh, you know, it's just uh-huh. it's it's it was done. People could could do it, but there's new improved treatments that are much more optimal. But you know, at six years old, you know, I had the dream to keep my eyesight. My mom threatened me when I refused an insulin shot that I'd go blind. Uh, and uh-huh. you know, I became very, I became very motivated to not go blind from diabetes. You know, I thought there's plenty to see in this world. I want to see it. And, you know, if I can control this, then if I have to work harder to control it, then fine, I'll, I'll do the work because it's at the end of the day, if I lost my eyesight, it was it, the only responsibility within my own. And you know, I, I was fortunate to have a really good support network. You know, my parents pushed me into sport at a young age I, or just at a time when diabetics, type one diabetics weren't supposed to exercise uh, because of the, the risks that came along with it. And, you know, I've just, I've been constant, very vigilant for, you know, since I was six years old, managing my own diabetes, just checking my blood sugar often, you know, seeing what foods do what to my blood glucose, you know, when the insulin works, and just trying to, you know, keep it in range, uh, a safe range, a healthy range, uh, trying to be as much like a non-diabetic from a numeric standpoint as possible. And you know, that you know, makes, you know, I'll, one I'll of the things. That, I'll, Go ahead. But if I could, uh, you know, I check my glucose now with a continuous monitor probably 30 to 40 times per day. I'll do seven, sometimes 12 shots in a day, lots of small adjustments. And you know, the thing that hasn't changed in the last 31 years is that exercise is a very prominent part of my life. I, I prioritize my health because if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of my kids. I can't take care of my organization. And I think in this day and age, a lot of people forget to you know, be healthy because without good health, now, you know, everything else falls by the wayside. We have to take a little bit of a break now, and, and we'll come back talking about this because our self-care is one of the most critical things in successful aging. And although you're only in your 30s, you do what we all have to do. And we'll be back in a moment more inspiration showing you to change the world, not just your life. You may think that I'm full of it. That doesn't bother me, not even a bit. Because I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. Now, before we get back to our terrific guest, Phil Sutherland, and his news about the United Nations World Bicycle Day and his foundation on uh, type 1 diabetes and his inspirational talk to us, I just want to remind you that on May 23, not very long ago, the House passed the most revolutionary bill uh, for retirement that we've had since, let's say, 2006. It has 29 different features to it. You're going, your eyes are going to cross if you try to figure it out. So what we've done for you is we're doing a podcast uh, explaining it. Remember, I am a lawyer. Do not hold that against me. 
and I've worked with the government, even worse, uh, the Treasury, on communicating financial issues. So I am taking this entire act as it deals with our age group and boiling it down for you. If you want a copy of that podcast, you can get it for free by going to generationboldradio.com and giving me your email. Uh, I also just sent today to my editor of our blog, Aging for Beginners, uh, a four or five page. Um, And my husband said, this is a little boring. Yes, it is boring. Okay, but it's the law. and You're going to want to know how to understand it. So you can also go to Aging for Beginners, Adrian Berg, and read it if you are not an audio learner. All right, now let us get back to Phil Sutherland, who's kind of teaching the world uh, through his foundation, uh, an Atlanta uh, foundation. He's president and founder of Team Type 1 Foundation. But he's also an author. Let me tell you where to find his book. Uh, And the name of his book is Not Dead Yet. And I assume that is because when he was a very little boy, uh, they checked him out. Uh, very early, and he said, no, I'm not going, <laughs> and, and he's not. Uh, so thank you for being with us again, uh, Phil. My question to you is, if people want to find out about the foundation or any of your other efforts where you're fighting so hard so that we can build awareness on what we could do for ourselves and others when it comes to type 1 diabetes, where would they find you? I know your book is on Amazon, but where would they find you and your, your foundation information? So we, we've got our, our website, which is teamtype1.org for the foundation, and you know, we give 100-plus college, college scholarships to NCAA athletes with type 1 diabetes um, you know, and you know, diabetes supplies to the government of Rwanda so people have access to, to live and to dream. And then you know, if you want to see more, so we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, uh, lots of good updates there. And then Team Nova Nordisk, uh, which is uh, arguably the, greatest global source of inspiration uh, we've got eight and a half million fans on social media so love to have uh, one one more uh, you know, so please please take a look at teamnovanordisk.com or on facebook twitter instagram and i'm sure there's other channels which uh, i've yet to adopt that the team is already adopting but if there's a social media channel we're out there and trying to spread our message uh, to, to everyone out there in the world Oh, brilliant. So let me repeat that for everybody. It's Team Novo Nordisk. Now, when we do our posting of this show, that will be on our radio, generationboldradio.com player, all spelled out for you, but I want to spell it out for you now. Team N-O-V-O Nordisk, N-O-R-D-I-S-K, which to me, by the way, sounds like a winter sport team and everybody's a skier, but it's bicycles. So, so let's talk about that. You're a skier, too, actually. Tell me about the athleticism part of this. What does it really take, with or without diabetes, to race this way? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, our, our guys, it, we're not a diabetes team competing against you know, other diabetics. We're, you know, we're competing against the best in the world. And we yes. were fortunate that we've had the uh, talent pipeline program that's helped us to recruit and develop just some amazing young individuals and you know, help them become not just professional athletes, but very successful professional athletes. So in the wintertime, for example, we, you know, our guys, they do the same type of training as the other pros out there. So they'll be doing 100 to 120 hours of exercise, uh, of bike riding in the, every month. 
And then, you know, so you can equate that to about uh, 2,000 to 2,500 miles a month, 600 miles a week that they're doing on the bike. Uh, it's, and it's just, it's a lot of hard work. Um, you know, our guys, the benefit of riding a bike is that their glucose is you know, easier to control when they're off the bike. And, you know, our guys really have to work probably doubly as hard as, you know, the normal professional, uh, because if we, we have the data in front of us and we know that if our glucose isn't in the target range, then we will not perform. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they get motivated by their, their doctors tell them control your diabetes or their mother, father, parent, uh, husband, wife says control your diabetes, but for what? And our guys have this, you know, they're, they're, they're blessed because they're not, they're controlling their diabetes so that they can be good at their trade, at their profession. Uh, and they have this wonderful motivation to do so. And they work very hard on both the diabetes side and the cycling side. And because of that, we've become you know, a dominant force out there in the world of professional cycling. And it's been really an honor to lead these this group of individuals because we're, we're not your normal team. You know, most of the kids on our team have come through either our talent ID camps, our junior team, our development team. Uh, and we have just this amazing family environment at Team Nova Nordisk that kind of unifies us. You know, diabetes, being an all-diabetic team is actually our greatest strength, not, not, our, not our weakness, which uh, most people find very hard to believe. No, I, I find it actually very easy to believe because when you define yourself in, in the negative, that's what a condition is. When you define yourself in the positive, that's what a condition is. This is the real, you know, the down and dirty idiom. You get thrown a lemon and you make lemonade. And that's what's happened here. I I want to talk, we only have about a minute before the end of this segment. I want to talk about the scholarships for a moment. Uh, It's it's one of the most important things you do. Um, And it does give hope. And we will talk about Rwanda and many other things in other segments. But give us your website one more time. And does it uh, teach kids and their families how they might be able to apply? Yes, there's applications on there. Uh, it's team type one t y p e the number one dot o r g, and you know, it's this is again it's fun. We've inspired a lot of these kids, uh, and what we try to do is help them you know, help a collegiate football player, baseball player, soccer player, whatever it might be. We've got 14 different sports represented. Let teach them that they're heroes, and then we get them out doing public speaking engagements, so that. You know, as we've inspired them, that they can pay it forward and touch touch more lives. So, as, as you said, it's you know, if I think the my greatest gift as a change agent has been that I've gotten to breed a whole you know swarm of change agents who are out there doing you know the grassroots work all over the country and all over the world. Just we try to change one life at a time. And thanks to all these wonderful young ladies and gentlemen, you know, we're getting to do so. You're doing it. You are doing it. And when we come back, we're going to see if we can change the lives of the people listening a little bit. Uh, talk about how to get inspired, how you go about becoming an agent of change, uh, using your you own life as an example. So don't you go anywhere if you've ever had a dream or you've been interested in prosperity. This is the segment you want to hear. We'll be right back. I'm inappropriate for my age. da 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 I am happy, and I freely admit, I'm inappropriate 
And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And as I have been uh, promoting this whole show, we now have a wonderful player on our website, and that is generationboldradio.com. You can go there and not only listen to the shows archived anytime you want, any time of day, but you can also put in your email address and you can get the shows, the audios emailed to you on a regular basis. And the reason we set this up right now is there is new legislation. It's very overriding of many things you're doing in your retirement plan, your taxation, and so on. And even though this is not a financial show, I am a financial journalist, and my last book is How Not to Grow Broke at 102, which if you own, you could now throw out, because this new law is so changing of everything. And you're going to want to know about it in plain English. And that's my strong suit, so I am telling you about it in a specialized podcast. And you just have to go to generationboldradio.com, put in your email, and you will get that podcast. Now, today uh, we're speaking with Phil Sutherland. He is a global ambassador, and I'm going to talk about that, for diabetes. Uh, He has a wonderful team that's participating on June 3rd for the second time in the United Nations World Bicycle Day. Uh, he also has a foundation, which is his uh, one of the loves of his life, together with his family, who we also mentioned already on our show. He's president and founder of the Team Type 1 Foundation. And uh, he gives scholarships, education information. And he has millions of people who know that he's there and his foundation is there. So I asked him during our break if he would give us a little bit of what I call a memoir which is, how do you do it? And the reason I ask this, Phil, is that at the end of every show, I say, get out there, kids, and make it happen. That's my tagline, and I'll tell you why. Because I believe that we can do things, that we can accomplish bigger things in this world than we think. But how? And particularly after retirement when we have time, you had to do all this in the midst of having a family and children and working and needing to make money and everything like that. Retirees don't have to do that. And yet they often just get busy without accomplishing change. How did it work for you? How did it happen? What's the insight here? Well, I guess uh, when I was in college, my senior year, I, you know, I helped, I loved racing bikes and I helped a friend get motivated to take control of his diabetes. And it felt really good to have saved somebody's life. And you know, as time has gone on, you know, I, I was fortunate to get to combine two passions, the bike and helping people with diabetes into one common journey. Um, and what we do today with the college scholarships, with the pro cycling team, the junior team development team, everything at Team Nova Nordisk is, you know, I, I think about what was missing when I was growing up as a kid with diabetes. You know, I didn't have a hero, someone who had done it before. Uh, I didn't have, there was no college scholarships for athletes with diabetes. I was a top 10 cyclist in America uh, at that time, and I couldn't find any money, uh, scholarship for an athlete with diabetes. And, you know, here we were going through school, and my mom said, I've got $300 for you each month. Uh, Do you want (laughs) that for rent? Do you want that for rent, or do you want that for diabetes supplies? And, of course, it was diabetes supplies. I had to stay alive. So, you know, it was – college was a – a stressful time where I was, you know, in school, uh, training to be a professional athlete and having to work, you know, 30 hours a week, uh, to, you know, be able to pay for the rent and other stuff to, you know, to be a college kid. 
because you know, our financial support only went so far as my, you know, my diabetes supply. Uh, and so I thought, you know, if we can, with the foundation, we've got this ability to help subsidize the cost of these kids' diabetes supplies uh, so that they can focus on their school, uh, which is number one priority, their sport, and, you know, combining those two and, you know, the, the hero development journey that they're on. You know, help them become the best of the best and what they want to do so they can make a bigger difference in people's lives down the road. And it's just, it's been a, it's been a blessing. I, I really, I think I've got one of the coolest jobs in the world. Uh, I meet people on a daily basis who just keep motivating me to try and dream bigger. Uh, and so if you want to do something, I'd say fi- find something you can be passionate about. You know, it's, uh, this is a very easy passion for me. Uh, but uh, everyone's got something that, you know, where they know they can make a difference, something if you feel like something's not right and you can do something to help improve the lives of just one person, I, I assure you it's, it's worth it. Uh, you'll remember that one person's life. And if you can change two people's lives or three people's lives, you know, the bigger, the better, of course. But if it's just one life you change because you dedicated some of your time to giving back, then you know, your life will be more fulfilled and the karmatic circle of life will, you know, the more you give, the more you get, you know, and, I just encourage people to dedicate the time to giving back. And, you know, one of the things that um, it's hard for you to understand this in your age and with your accomplishments, but one of the things that happens after retirement is people do lose their purpose. And once you lose your life purpose, you lose your life. It doesn't matter how many trips you go on or how good you are at golf or all the leisure activities you shove into your day or how busy you make yourself. The, uh, The personal purpose is really what propels you into an older and older age healthfully. So here's something that I'm hearing from you, Phil. We often try to find our life purpose by seeing what's wrong. But you have a different word. You used a different word. You didn't say what was wrong. You said you saw what was missing. And maybe that will help people generate uh, ideas for themselves. Don't always look to see what's wrong and I want to change it because then you're in the world of fighting and you're in the world of what's wrong. But when you do what Phil does, he looked to see what was missing. Now you're in the world of creating. And the minute you're in the world of creating, it's much more inspirational. So I really thank you for that insight, a real-life working insight. Now, in the world of creating, I would like to talk a minute about Rwanda. Uh, When I read this, that was actually my first thought. There was nothing in your press kit specifically about Rwanda, but I said, my goodness, there's a lot of little kids all over the world that have type 1 diabetes and not a penny to their name to even get the insulin or do anything about it, let alone think about becoming an athlete. So how are you working in that arena? Yeah, you know, it's, again, the beauty of combining the bike with some humanitarian effort. And I heard about this race, the Tour of Rwanda. <clears throat> we got invited to it. Uh, and I said, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I went to diabetes conference and I met Francois G. Shoma, who is the president of the Rwanda Diabetes Association. I said, how would you feel if I brought you know, six type 1 diabetics to compete in the Tour of Rwanda? And he looked at me and smiled. That would be very inspirational. Thank you. Please come. And I said, well, what if I brought diabetes supplies, you know, blood glucose strips and meters, uh, syringes? You know, and you know, Francois immediately got on his hands and knees with tears in his eyes. He's a six-year-old man. Uh, he's my my six, he's like an adopted father for me. Uh, but he got on his hands and knees and said, Phil, please come. My children need you. My children need you. <clears throat> and so you know, we went, 
and I brought you know, 450 blood glucose meters, 37,000 test strips, which you know, I funded and raised, you know, got through donations. And I saw the immediate life-changing moment in these kids. The kids were happy. They had a tool, but all their parents were crying. And I, I said, Francois, why are, why are they crying? What's wrong? And they said, Phil, for the first time you know, in these children's lives, these parents' lives, they, they believe that they can keep their child alive. And you know, the kids saw, he said, they saw you standing there having lived with diabetes for 28 years. They've never known someone to live with diabetes past five years. Because you know, it's, it's not if you die, it's when and how miserable of a death. And so to see you standing there and to see these athletes standing there with having lived you know, 10, 20, 28 years for me at the time, because for them, <clears throat> it's hope that they've never had before, and that hope is priceless. So I, I was hooked in my heart immediately, and we kept you – know, so the next year I smuggled in a quarter million test strips and bike boxes. And, <laughs> and, but the, the good thing was I, my wife uh, got involved, and she, was, she had previously run the National Diabetes Program for the Ministry of Health in Macedonia. I linked her up with the Minister of Health in Rwanda. And we formalized a program and began to get test strips in the right way, get them distributed to all channels of the country, and have done that since you know, 2010. Uh, and just recently, we got a four-year commitment from Abbott Diabetes Care. Uh, they're going to provide 12 million test strips, enough for six test strips a day for every type 1 diabetic in the country over the next four years. And due to that commitment, uh, the Rwandan Ministry of Health has now been able to put insulin on their government formulary meaning that everyone in the country can now have affordable access to insulin. And it's, you know, Rwanda's gone from 400 people alive with diabetes when we began to, I think it's you know, 1,300, 1,500 now. Uh, and they have access for the tools needed to live. Uh, and it's been great to see the additional investment that's come in the country, healthcare infrastructure around. And you know, it's, it's still not perfect, uh, but it's a whole lot better than it was when we started. And there's now... You may no. think that I'm so we'll leave you in a moment, idea 
of bringing six athletes to a bicycle event in Rwanda ended up with an entire country and its children being elevated to a new life and actually a real lease on life, which they didn't have before. So here's what we know about our own abilities. It begins with one step. Whatever that step is, take it. Motivational speakers have uh, what they call the five-second rule. If you thought about it, do it fast because it will evaporate. And second of all, the domino effect. You start with one thing and it dominoes into the next, the next, and the next, and soon other people are taking up the cause and then it becomes exponential. We feel like we are too small, particularly if we're retired or older. The world does not count on us for anything. Make sure they start to do so. That's my pitch. Uh, Preachy, yes, but I say it from the heart. Now, also from the heart, let's get back to Phil because um, in the last segment I said, what do you want to talk about? He says, I want to talk about kids and I want to talk about type 2 diabetes and what's happening. And, uh, and and what we may be able to do with it. So I'm going to throw this over to you, Phil, for you to begin to tell me exactly what you had, had been starting to say during our break. Yeah, you know, it, it's you know, right now one in 11 people in the world have type have diabetes, combination of type 1, type 2. And a few years ago, uh, statistics were released that one in three children born since the year 2000 are going to develop type 2 diabetes. And, you know, we, we have a means to prevent that. You know, we have a means to stop that trend. You know, I, I look, I've got three young boys, and statistically one of them should get type 2 diabetes, but I'm not going to let that happen because I get them outside, you know, make sure to, you know, take the screens away from them and get them out and get them moving. And I think, you know, as you say, you have a lot of retirees listening, you know, which means there's probably a lot of very happy grandparents that have a chance to make you big bet. impacts on those grandchildren's lives. And I still remember the walks that my grandfather took me on when I was a kid. You know, it was just, you know, we were getting outside, we were moving. And that, that you know, culture of movement that you teach to kids at a young age can stay with them for life. The healthy habits of you know, staying away. You know, I'm not saying never eat ice cream or never eat a candy bar, but make sure it's in moderation. Because if you, you know, reward yourself you know, with exercise with something sweet, that's fine. But if you eat something sweet, you know, while having stayed inside all day, then you're just destroying your, your body's lifetime supply of insulin. And, you know, we, we can reverse the change with the youth, but it just starts with getting them out, getting them active. And, you know, I guess for the, for the grandparents, being the example for the grandkids, being the example for the children, that you know, it's important today more than ever to make sure that we prioritize health and prioritize health through activity. And, you know, that's why we're at the UN uh, for World Bicycle Day is to pr- you know, promote the bike as a drug that everyone should be taking on a daily basis. Uh, but if you can't ride a bike, you know, find a way to do something. Maybe it's swimming. Maybe it's walking. Something to where you know you're getting your blood flowing every day because it's going to feel better. But more importantly, you know, it's an opportunity to be a role model and an example to ensure that you know, that young one doesn't have to develop type 2 diabetes uh, in their lifetime. Yes, let's talk about role models for a minute. I mean, uh, first of all, we do a lot of research on grandparenting. And the Max Planck Institute, I had the opportunity to, to they're in Germany, uh, to visit. The fact is that 
of how we think we should take care of our health is affected by our grandparents and how they're taking care of their health. And even, and here's the interesting part, Phil, even if we're not living near them, if we have active grandparents, we are extremely likely to be active ourselves. Whether our parents are active or not, this is this is fascinating stuff. So uh, we talk about walking. I, I mentioned that I don't ride a bike because of an inner ear imbalance, but I walk. And do I walk? I, we belong to free walkers, also an international organization started by one person. Uh, and we walk around the Potomac every year in February, which is kind of cold. That's a 50-mile walk in one day. And they say, can you do that? Yes, I can. But when I started, I was practically yeah, a cardiac cripple when I started. If I could do a mile, it was big. Uh, so that is key. It doesn't matter what you do. You have to do it, and you have to show the, the grandkids that you do do that. Now, for inspiration, I want you to tell them again before we run out of time how to find you. And, of course, if you do have a, a an athletic young person uh, who's very keen on athletics and happens to have diabetes, take a look at the scholarship application potential for them. Get involved by liking this organization on all of its various social media. Uh, as uh, Phil says, I've got millions of followers, but I can always have one more. That's the way he thinks. Just do one thing, and it blows up into a world. So tell us how to find you again. Yeah, so if you'd love to see Team Nova Nordisk and what we're doing, it's you know, Facebook is probably our, our biggest play, Team Nova Nordisk on there. At Twitter, we, we're always posting updates of the races we do all around the world. Um, and then our website for the continual updates, teamnovanordisk.com. Um, if you know someone with diabetes, uh, you know, type 1, type 2, please send, send them here because it's you know, a little inspiration goes a long way when someone's battling a chronic illness. And, and we thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, team, thank you so much. Say that one more time. Teamtype1.org. If you've got a teamtype1.org. They want some support for college. Uh, happy to help. It's the place to go. So we thank you so much. This is the kind of thing that I love to be able to deliver to my listeners. It's very unique. And now I can honestly say that maybe when I say this, it'll happen. Get out there, kids, and make it happen. Thank you, Adrian.